when I was saying before about being distracted, distractions are also about like um, not looking at what's really happening, okay? Um, in a lot of situations in our life, we only look at it from one perspective. We're looking at it from usually just a very natural perspective. They did this because of that, and they did this because of that, and this should happen because of that, okay? Well, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But something happens to us the more that we meditate in the Lord, the more that we become aware of him, we start to see that there's a higher, and I don't mean over-spiritualize things in a way. You know, sometimes people like over-spiritualize. I'm just saying, like, what's the heart of God in this situation? Yeah. You know, what's, what, what, is, what am I hearing the Lord say about this? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that, and that's something that we can do in 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 our lives. And sometimes it just takes a quick little turn in and just look for a second, just like, what what is it, Lord? What is it that that you're doing today? What's what is in your heart for today? And and, and I mean, we I think we tend to you forget, but the truth is, is God's family had. And there's verses that talk about this. You are the hands, you are the feet. You know, if, if, the, if the head says to the thumb, you know, what use are you or whatever, you know, I'm not sure. Um, you know, you can't cut that piece off because the, it has an important thing. And every single person, like in our little group, several of them I had never said more than hi to. And yet, um, and, and everyone I know... Um, they're like, I'm not sure what I have to give, you know, to to help people or to, you know, what part will I even play? You know, I've never, I've never, I've never done street evangelism. I've never, I don't know any Spanish. I, I don't know if I could learn a song, much less a song in another language. You know, I haven't ever done skits. We didn't prepare any skits. I've never, you know... You could just say, I've never, I've never, I've never. And yet, God had this in his heart, and it connected with that that he put in her heart. And it was just a tiny little thing. And you think, in our own brains, we think, it's, it's useless. It's not helpful. It's not going to. But just that little tiny thing, and it beautifully connected to this little thing. And, you know, like he had a story about a shark. I brought seashells from the Gulf of Mexico to give as a little gift. Um, you know, we talked about, but what I'm trying to say is, is no, nobody's part is, is insignificant. It is so true. You know, and, and right where we go, at work, at Publix, you know, just mm -hmm. being God's love mm -hmm. by just kindness mm -hmm. or you know, an encouragement, or, you know, maybe it's a story that, that God brought to you, but it impacts them, you know, it's, we have to shut down these ideas that we don't have a part, we don't have, right. you know, it doesn't have to be orchestrated, right. <laughs> nope, it doesn't, yeah. it just, God just pulls it. Right. You know, what you have is what somebody needs. Oh, no, you know, Mary's going to have to do it. Nope. Alice is going to do it. You know, Nancy's going to do it. Elena's going to do it right wherever you are. Right. You know, 
And this is God getting, bringing us out of the church age and into the kingdom age. Because in the church age, there's always a person who did this and a person who did that. And then this person did that and the other thing. But in the kingdom age, it's everybody. It's everybody. We're, it's, and not that you have to do anything, honestly. You don't have to do anything. Like, like, you know, I've had encounters where we were all doing stuff and one guy didn't want to do anything. Usually you don't want to do anything because you lost the joy. Secret, okay? Mm. You lose, when you lose the joy, you stop wanting to do anything. Because, because think about it like this. Why do we do stuff? So true. We do stuff because of the joy that's at the other side of it. Why do you till your garden? Why do you work on your plants? For the joy set before you. What's the joy? The flowers. <laughs> you want the fruit. You want the flowers. But when you lose the joy, and you didn't really lose it. You just stopped engaging with it. When you lose the joy, you stop wanting to do stuff. You see? And if somebody might say to you, oh, well, that wasn't very good when you tried to do something. What does it make you want to do? Not do it anymore. Who do you think is it that told you not to do that? They didn't like it. Well, that was the devil. <laughs> he doesn't want you doing stuff. So then you lost that joy. Well, pick that joy back up again and have a good deep drink of the spirit of God and get filled up with the joy of the Lord. You know? And then, like you were saying, it's we see him as little, but God doesn't. They're huge. But sometimes people get sad about things. God doesn't want you sad. In heaven, no one's sad. They're so joyful that you're like, they're unhinged joyful. Like, these guys are unhinged. This is like party like you've never seen before in heaven. I'm telling you, they don't have parties like that on the earth. These are unhinged parties. The absolute joy of the Lord is so overwhelming. I mean, hello, this is where we are now. So all of these things that we think, I can't do this. A lot of times we don't want to do it because we lost that joy. We, didn't, we just didn't know where it went. Where'd it go? I love that movie Hook. This one scene in Hook with um, Robin Williams. Okay? Mm -hmm. Some people like, some people don't. It's about Peter Pan. And he gets old. And he gets a job. You know? And he gets all like curmudgeonly. But he's Peter Pan. And he forgets that he's Peter Pan. And so he goes back to Neverland and he's with the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys are like, that ain't Peter Pan. That's an old guy. And one of the kids comes up, one of the littlest kids comes up to him and he takes his face and he squishes his face around and he goes, he goes, oh, there you are, Peter. <laughs> and he found him. And you know what Peter had? You know what he got back? Joy. That is a message from the Lord, guys. He's saying, come back to the joy. Come back to the joy of your salvation. You know, when, at times when I was, I had some experiences where I was street witnessing in, in a big city. And you know what I was ministering? The joy. It was actually the joy of the Lord. So we need to come back into that joy of God. Mm -hmm. You know, we do things sometimes to make ourselves feel happier. But it's not, it doesn't work right until you come into the joy. And then everything you do is filled with the joy, you see? So a lot of times people hold back because they lost that joy. But you can remember. That's one thing God gave you. I remember. You can remember when you had that joy before and allow the blood of Jesus to just cleanse that 
bad experience you may have had or that comment from that person that may not have known any better. And you know what? You could remind them, you know, you said to me, blah, blah, blah. They'd be like, did I? That sounds terrible. When did I say that? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever had a conversation with people like that? And they look at you like, I said that to you? But see, what was happening is you weren't really hearing their words. You were hearing the accuser, the enemy of your soul, you see. So you can safely reject him. It's fine. You don't have to pay any attention to him. People are like, well, I need to hear this message and that message. Not any message from him. You don't have to hear any of that. You can completely ignore him, completely. Like, like literally zero time at all. You just be like, yep. Yeah. Somebody said that? No, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> and why is that? Because there's Jesus. He's standing there. He's got the biggest smile on his face you've ever seen. He's radiating joy, like off his very being. Like even standing next to him, you're like, wow, that's a lot of joy. It's so much joy that you, like you've, like and, and love, that if you connect with that joy, you're down. You're on the ground. It's too much. <laughs> it's overload. You ever see a person get shocked? Imagine getting shocked with joy. It just goes right through you. And then that overflows in us. But see, we got to leave the old behind. You can't keep that old baggage. Just let it go. Let it go, right? And this is what we're coming into. So here's what I'm going to read today. I'm going to read this beautiful scripture. Found in the epistle of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 12, 22. So, remember what I was saying, where are we now? What, where have we been brought in Christ? What about where I am? Where did Jesus do for me? In the spirit, spiritually speaking, where am I? Hebrews 12, 22 says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Does it say you're going to come? Mm-mm. It says you have come. Arrived. You've arrived. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Can you see that heavenly city? Are you not allowed to go to that city till you're dead? No, you are already welcome into that city. That's your home city. Where are you from? I'm from the New Jerusalem, just like you. You're also from the New Jerusalem. It's one big family. That's what cities are. They're just a bunch of families that all got together and lived in one place. It's called a city. (laughs) And it's a city ruled by love. Okay, coming back. Coming back. Hold on. (laughs) You have come. All right. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. This is what's in this city. Oh, you can't talk you can't talk to angels, Jamin. I can't? Well, apparently I've come to a city that has thousands upon thousands. I'm having to do a lot of ignoring right now, everyone. <laughs> I'm having to ignore a lot of angels. I, I don't know how much longer I can do this. I may have to acknowledge one or two of them. All right? This is where we've come. So, so this is the city, guys. Welcome to your city. The new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. But is it a real place? Well, it certainly is a real place. Is this a real place? Well, God made this place too. He made that place too. He made the heavenly Jerusalem. And actually, if you go into Jerusalem, okay, when and I've heard reports of this, and I think I've even seen some pictures of it. When you go into Jerusalem and you come out at the um, one of the cities, I don't know which, which port it is, but one of the airports, when you walk in, it's a picture, and then you have the heavenly Jerusalem above and the earthly Jerusalem beneath. It's like literally right there. The, 
Yeah, there's a picture of it when you walk into the air. I don't know which airport it is. But the other thing is, is the, you've ever seen the Star of David? Now, the Star of David, which is the symbol they have for the national flag in Israel, has nothing to do with David. David didn't have a star. That's just what they call it. Okay. But that symbol is above, below. As it is above, so it is below. So you can see there's a match between the top and the bottom. So we've come into the heavenly Jerusalem. God loves Jerusalem. God loves Israel. He loves the Jewish people very much. He loves them. We should never speak bad about them. All of Jesus' brothers and sisters, his whole family is Jewish. Don't speak bad of the Jews. We love Jesus. We love his family. We love because God revealed himself through that nation. That's how he did it. Now, did he give hints and stuff and other? Yeah, he did because he loves everybody. But he made covenant with Israel. So that's a big deal. We shouldn't ignore that fact. And he sent his son through that line. Very important for us to honor the Israel and the Jewish people because of where it came from. Yeah, we're Gentiles. I mean, maybe, maybe some of us aren't, but I'm a Gentile, I think. I mean, I was anyway. Now I'm part of the heavenly Jerusalem. So now I'm a Jew. I'm Jewish. Because I'm, I am a descendant of my father, God, but also a descendant in the faith of Abraham. I'm a true Jew. The Bible says that you're the true Jew. The ones that believe are true Jews. There are a lot of people that were born Jewish and they don't believe in God. According to the scripture, they're not actually Jewish. Don't yell at me. It says in the Bible, okay? It says they're not Jewish if they don't believe because it's those who believe. Because we weren't brought to just natural Jerusalem. We were brought to heavenly Jerusalem. This is where we are, Mount Zion. It's the mountain above all the other mountains. I think that the Seven Mountains teaching is fine. I like Lance Wall now, and I like his teaching on the Seven Mountains of Influence. You know that he talks about that. But those are Roman mountains. Men made those mountains. Yeah, they're real. And yeah, there are spiritual beings on top of those mountains, and they try to control things and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, we should have influence in those, mountains. Influence in those mountains, of course. But one of the, my, my belief, this is my personal belief based on what I know of Scripture, the, the heaviest level of, of influence we're going to have is just to dwell in Mount Zion. Just live from there. Live on Mount Zion. Live in the New Jerusalem. Because the Scripture talks about how all the mountains will, will funnel up into Mount Zion. Because in... So there's like spiritual speech, okay, where you have a mountain and then you have a mountain over a mountain, okay? Now, in the natural, you don't have a mountain over a mountain. That would be really bizarre looking, and I have no idea how that would even work. But in the spirit, you can have a mountain over a mountain because mountains are influence. It's, it's a seat of power. You see what I'm saying? If you, if you say, I'm on a mountain of influence of media, that means you have power over the media. If you say a thing, the media responds. If you say Donald Trump is a criminal, right down the mountain. If you say, you know, Hunter Biden is innocent, right down the mountain. Mm -hmm. Because you spoke it, because you sit at the top. Mm -hmm. Now, should we just be clamoring to get to the top of that mountain? No, Mm -hmm. we sit in Mount Zion. And honestly, who cares about those lower mountains? In all honesty, who cares? You know why? I'm not saying because it doesn't have an impact on people. Yeah, granted, they'll lo- they'd love to get everybody into World War III. I understand that. I get it. I get it, okay? I, under- I understand how important that is. But we dwell in Mount Zion. The authority that we operate from is a heavenly authority. It comes from God himself. There are decisions made in heaven. There are things declared in heaven. And when Jesus said, if you declare anything on earth as it is in heaven, it will be done unto you. 
This is the level we operate at. We do not operate from a lower realm. Christians make a big mistake when they try to mess in those lower realms because they do get beat up. (laughs) Because you're supposed to sit in the seat of rest in Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, not the earthly Jerusalem. Because remember, on earth as it is in heaven, not on earth as it is on earth, Mm -hmm. okay? Earth doesn't have an answer for itself. But heaven does, because as it is in the heavenly, so it reflects into the earthly. You see, there's a connection between heaven and earth. Well, the connection we know is in the gate of first love in our hearts, right? But that connection is that earth mirror heaven. When on earth you see hatred, heaven has love. So you mirror the heavenly. Now, when you mirror the heavenly, when you do the thing that's in heaven, when you mirror it, like you say, I see a thing in heaven. And now you're going to do that thing in heaven. You create a framework on the earth and heaven fills it. This is very powerful. Okay. If you see a thing in heaven and you do the thing that you see in heaven on the earth, you create a framework for heaven to fill. What people do a lot of times is they look at the earth for their solution. They create a framework on the earth and the earth fills it with itself, which is fallen. But if you create the framework of the heavenly on the earth. So, Jamin, explain how you create a framework on the earth of the heavenly. Well, one way you can do it is you can say, forgive. (laughs) You forgive, you've created a framework for heaven to fill. Let it go and forgive that person. Now a framework has been created on the earth that heaven will fill with what? Forgiveness, love, healing, ministry in your heart. Things will start to shift and change in you because you opened up something. You created this thing through intention that looks just like heaven. And now heaven's like, I know what that is. Does that make sense? When you pray, you say, this person is sick, but in heaven they're not. Wait, they're not sick in heaven? No, the Bible says there's no sickness in heaven. Let's create a framework for healing on the earth. How do I do that? Well, I've learned through the Bible that Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pains. He already did it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to repeat that. With my own voice. Jesus bore my sickness and he carried my pains. When I say that, I open up a framework on the earth for that to be filled with the heavenly substance. That's what you're doing. Lay hands on the sick, the Bible says, and they will recover. When I laid hands on the sick, I created a framework for heaven to fill through an act of intention of my own heart because I recognize the heavenly is superior to the earthly. You see how it works? Mm -hmm. So this is what this means when it says you have been brought, (laughs) you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Okay? So this is the heavenly city. Okay, now, some people have been there. I, I have seen places in heaven before. I personally have been there. And how do I know? Because of certain clues that were shown to me, I realized this is definitely heaven, right? 
you probably have seen it too, but maybe didn't realize that's what you were looking at. Some, a lot of times people realize later, they're like, I've always seen this. You'd be like, you were seeing heaven. How do you do it? Well, you can do what we call an activation or what I like to call a prayer. You can do a prayer where you can see the heaven, uh-huh. the heavenly realm, where you've been brought into. It's your eternal home. It's your eternal home. It's, you're going to be there a lot. It's not, it's not like just, and people are like, well, when I go to heaven, I'll never be on the earth. No, you'll go, be, you'll go both, both places. You're, you're a traveler. Don't worry about traveling. You've got plenty of travel left ahead of you. You'll be traveling a lot. You know, you can go wherever. You're a spiritual being. You have the ability to move. Spirits and, and move. And Jesus is my passport. Jesus is your passport. Well, you and you're one spirit with the Lord. You know, he's made you so dynamic. Okay? You you have capabilities and technologies inside of you that if you like I was saying before, if we were all here fully like manifested, I wouldn't even be able to open my eyes because you all would blind me out. You I would be completely bl- I would be like I can't look at you <laughs> because of the power that would be coming from you. This is how God made us, guys. We didn't do this by ourselves. This wasn't some type of achievement we, we got. This is how he made us. We are light beings. We are ministers, the Bible says, of fire. This is good stuff, okay? So where do we come? We came to this heavenly Jerusalem where there's literally thousands upon thousands and some of them in the Aramaic it says a multitude of messengers or angels in joyful assembly my version says they have come to celebrate exactly that's the way that it is it's a celebration now the church age taught us that the celebration happens way in the millennium millennium millennium, way out in the future someday you're going to celebrate but for now it's just Barrier cross. Yeah, barrier cross and be miserable. But they don't know, right? But Jesus told us already we came to this. Now you gotta remember, when these letters were written, they were literally throwing people into the lions to the, for them to be torn to pieces, like the Christians. Like there's not exactly a happy time in the earth realm. But these guys didn't live in the earth realm. They lived in the heavenly realm and they lived out of heaven and they spoke like this. We got to get these clues, guys. We got to get these clues. We got a lot of culture mixed in with our teaching that has to do with the way men think. We got to look at what it actually says. Let God speak to us through this thing. Look at what he's saying here. Where do we come? We came to this mountain, Mount Zion, to the city of living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, Thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. That's amazing. Can I talk to an angel? Apparently you can. There's so many of them. How could you miss one? <laughs> you have to really do a, a pretty thorough job to ignore the angels. Now, I'm learning, like we're all learning, on how to be, because is an angel visible? Now, if an angel wants to be visible, you can see them. The Bible actually says that they have so much, you have so much interaction with angels. It says to, to just treat people nice because you could be actually talking to an angel. It says that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's, how much, that's how much angelic activity. Now, the angelic activity. Guys, I just want you to be ready, okay? Just be ready. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> the angelic activity that you have experienced throughout your life is about to change a lot. And I just want everyone to be ready because I don't want you to be shocked, okay? They, these angels that you're going to see, you, they've always been there, okay? They love you so much. I'm sure the messages that they give you are going to be 
helping you with all of this, but I'm just, I'm just here just as a forewarn. I'm forewarning you now that the angelic activity that we're about to experience is so off the charts, um, we'll never go back to the old way again. We'll never go back to the old way. So in heaven, there's angels. There's angels on the earth. You're going to see them, okay? You have an angel, at least one. You might have a couple. And you have angels that come and help you during different times too. I've seen them come and go, you know? It's so funny because one time we were driving and I'm like, I could sense like some angels coming alongside of us. And, and, and then the Lord reminded me, he goes, well, those are your, those are your traveling angels. And I'm like, oh, I have traveling angels? And then he said, well, don't you always pray for angels of protection when you're driving? I'm like, I do pray that. He's like, well, what do you think I was going to do about that? <laughs> <laughs> so when I would go on a trip, I'd be like, and so now what I do is I acknowledge the angels whenever we go on a trip. And I say, hey, guys, thanks for being here with us. And we appreciate you and we love you so much in the Lord, you know. And I talk to them. Am I worshiping them? Am I worshiping you by talking to you? I don't think so. <laughs> we know where they come from. They come from the presence of the Lord. They come from the presence of the Lord. It's the Lord that we worship. We worship the Lord together. We know that, but we acknowledge them. Why do we do that? Because we want to. Heaven is a culture of honor where you honor everyone, including the angels, including the church of the firstborn, verse 23. Guess who else is in heaven? The church. Well, who's the church? Well, my mom, <laughs> my grandpa, <laughs> my grandma, your, your mom. They're the church of the firstborn. They are there right now. The Bible says that they're there. And when it talks about the church, I want you to know, too, whenever you see the word the church, okay, first of all, it's the word ecclesia, which is fine. It's the same word. It just means a governing, a, a governing group. It's a group that governs, okay? Whenever you see the word church in the Bible, understand that it means both here and there. Every time. Don't think that they stopped. They're still going. It just... The just location changed of how they minister. The location changed of how they minister. Now they minister from the heavenly realms. You minister from both realms because you still have a physical body here. They'll, you'll all have, we'll all have physical bodies again, but some don't have one right at this time, but outside of time you do. Okay, And that's another thing. You have time and outside of time. So inside of time, and, and time in heaven works differently here, obviously. So the church of the firstborn is in heaven, whose names are written in heaven. Are you supposed to be in heaven? Yeah, it says, has my name right here. Jamin, he's supposed to be here. <laughs> he's from heaven. You're from heaven. This is why, sometimes people are like, I always feel like a fish out of water. Well, that's because you are a fish out of water if you don't recognize that you're from heaven. Because you're a heavenly being. You're a heavenly being. We, we come from that place. When you start to realize that, you start to get a little more awkward. Why is that? Well, because earth is, is the way the earth works right now. It's not doing it right. Some things aren't being do, done right. And you, when you look at it, you're like, that doesn't seem right. Well, that's because it's not right. <laughs> it's not supposed to work like that. But it's all going to change, you know. Should we be going to foreign countries and seeing people live in shacks that they built together out of garbage because they were kicked out of their house because of evil governments? Is that right? That is wrong on every level. There is nobody that I'm aware of on this planet that could say, yep, that's the right thing to do. None of them. But it still exists. Why is that? 
because of the fallen nature of men. Men made decisions and did things that they should have never done because that's not how that works. They did it wrong. Now, is it going to change? Yes, it will. How's it going to change? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> but I do know that the Lord's going to do it because he said he would. And there's not going to be people that are in those places. But I will tell you one thing that you do find out that Kim can tell you, if she wanted to tell you that. Um, they are happy and content with where they are. I mean, they shut down a restaurant down the street and we're ready to have a full-on fit. If our favorite restaurant got closed down, and these guys, you know what I'm saying? That's the way it is where we are, right? But, but there, they'd be like, what were you going to say? Uh, in, on the mountainside, it's called the invasion, where they were pushed, like he said, the guerrilla warfare mm -hmm. and the um, cartels just went to the countryside and forced them out, probably at gunpoint, out of their farms, out of their homes, and they just came towards the city, towards mm -hmm. the, um, the um, Bogota, the capital, um, in this case. And um, But when they came into the city, there's no apartments mm -hmm. to rent or buy or anything. So they went back up the mountainside, and there was just empty land, at least. Mm -hmm. So they would get literally corrugated metal and tarps mm -hmm. bits of rope and they would fit you know make shanty, shanties basically right oh. yeah shelter <clears throat> and um over time if they can get work they buy bricks or they start to make bricks they're like digging and they'll like make like a mud brick mm -hmm. and start to build bits of wall mm -hmm. here and there slowly um but the kids are joyful they don't, they, they're just, they just are okay, they're happy. They don't have running water. They have big barrels that they catch rain. Thankfully it rains there pretty often. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming they have little, we weren't invited into home or, you know, where they live. But it's dirt, there's no power. Some had power, some were like legally allowed to be there, others weren't. Um, but let me tell you, clean, you know, we went and talked to a man in the city. He said, I, I walked from, I lived there. And he said, I don't have a job. And up there, there's not power too much or water running. He came down, his clothes were spotless. He was manicured, he was clean. He, and he said, you know, I, um, I may not have this and the children. He said, but you know, there was that self-respect. You know, I'm not just waiting for the government to take care of me. I'm not just gonna go and loot because I am lacking or anything like that. He he came with just such a joy even in his own. It's just that God, you know, God just, it's just pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> so much. Yeah. They do have joy, though. Mm -hmm. They do have joy despite their circumstances. Yeah. You know, he wasn't woes me. Yeah. Just God was. And that's an attitude that you just take. God was you know what I'm saying? Like, because mm -hmm. you, you, a lot of times we want to say, well, if you have a little, you'll be thankful. Well, no. People, there's plenty of people that have a little, and they are very not thankful. And they're very, they're very ticked off. And then there's people who have a lot and they are very thankful. So it has to do with just the attitude of your heart and where you know things come from. Yeah, he asked mm -hmm. us to pray for the children who live up there on the mountain. Sure. Um, 
because he said they, they have, they need, you know, um, he said they need it just to be protected because there's other mean people or whatever and they try to take advantage of the children. And, yeah. You know. um, so we've come to this place where the church of the firstborn, whose names are written, in heaven, and you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. So so here we are in this place called Mount Zion. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. You are, you have come there. This is where we've come. And say, well, have you come to church? Well, no, you don't need to come to church. You've come to Mount Zion. <laughs> Mount Zion. You've come to a heavenly city. Cities are big. That city you were just in, Bogota, 10 million people. That's big. How big do you think the New Jerusalem is? Mm. Huge, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, it's like a giant um, it's like a giant cube. <laughs> um, and it has levels. Did you know that heaven has levels? Yeah, places that you go to, higher and higher levels. And, uh, and as you grow and mature... You can go to new levels. Well, why are we growing and maturing? Is it some type of... Th- well, it has to do with how much you can enjoy and what you're enjoying. Honestly, there's plenty of people that are just enjoying where they are, you know. But as you enjoy that and you go up, it's not a competition. This is... Competition and all that stuff is all lower stuff. This has more to do with capacity and growth and development in your capacity. Like if you listen to that teaching on Enoch, you know, what's the deal with Enoch? You know, what is the deal with Enoch? You know, everyone, I can tell you right now, just wait, the heresy hunters are coming after Enoch. I can see it writing on the wall. But Enoch is an amazing man. Some people have had encounters with Enoch. I have not, I don't think I've had an encounter with Enoch, but there's a lot of people that have. And what was the deal with Enoch? Enoch is like, now Enoch is the seventh from Adam. He's in the book of Genesis. You can read about him. It says that he walked with the Lord and then he was no more. People are like, well, that's all we know about Enoch. Well, apparently there's a book called the book of Enoch, okay? <coughs> oh, I don't know about that book of Enoch. Well, that's fine, okay? But it's a real ancient book. I mean, they actually found it in the, in the Dead Sea Scrolls and they found it. It's an ancient book. There's a lot of ancient books, okay? But this one was very interesting, and Justin Abraham pointed this out, that they actually decided to take the book of Enoch out of the Jewish scriptures after Jesus came because the book of Enoch sounded too much like Jesus. <laughs> and they said, uh-uh, <laughs> take it out because they did not like that. Um, but if you read it, it's very, the word is messianic. If you read the book of Enoch, it is incredibly messianic. And yes, it was written before Christ. It was written way before. You got to remember this too. Way before. We write... We write our books, okay? We write our books. The Torah was written, okay? But what people don't realize is that in the ancient days, they had written and oral. Most of the teaching, most of the stories were passed down orally. Why is that? Well, no one can write and certainly no one can read. They talk about it. And they were very good at telling stories, and they kept them from generation to generation. How do we think these stories passed down? They'll be like, oh, they didn't write Genesis until Moses. Well, how do you think Moses knew what to write? They talked about it from generation to generation. You see the lineage. Hello? Can you carry a story through from, I mean, you know these stories. I mean, think about them. You know, 
people just don't think when they talk about this stuff. Sometimes when they're trying to disprove, I'm like, ah, hello. Okay, so Enoch was was this was what happened with Enoch, and what's really great about Enoch, which I won't talk about a lot today, but it talk, tells a story of the Watcher Angels. You know, now there are Watcher Angels. You know, they they watch. You know, they don't. They're 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 here to help. But there was a group of Watcher Angels at the very beginning. Not very nice. Not very nice. They got in a lot of trouble. And so Enoch tells that story about these angels, and they fell. You know. So they did. They fell. They're stuck. They got stuck. Uh, but Enoch was one of them guys that just said, I'm going for it. <laughs> it was like Enoch was like, God was walking with Enoch, and then Enoch was walking with God in heaven, and then Enoch's like, you know, I think I'm just going to stay. So he left, like body and all. He didn't die. The Bible doesn't say Enoch died. It says he, he, was, he was not. He was here, and then he was gone. Where'd he go? You know. And so in the book of Enoch, you read about that. And he traveled a lot. So when I'm talking about the different levels, Enoch traveled to the levels. Why is that? Because he desired to. People are like, you can't desire those things. The Bible says to desire them. The Bible says to desire spiritual gifts. Oh, you can't desire spiritual gifts, Jamin. That's so selfish of you. No, spiritual gifts, they help you grow. They teach you. you you're, you're taught when you operate in gifts. It's teaching you how to move in the spirit. You should, you should desire to operate in spiritual gifts as part of us are growing in our maturity. Now, you can grow and you can operate as a son of God and all those gifts and all of that is available to you, right? So what, do, what did Enoch do? He said, I'm going for it, right? I'm, where am I going to go? I'm going to heaven. He actually was the spokesperson for the watcher angels because, <laughs> and then God was very upset. He's like, he's like look, he's like, them, he's like you're, you're, you're becoming their, um, you know, defense attorney, and they should have been your defense attorney, he, the, these watcher angels. You know, you got to read the book of Enoch. It's pretty amazing. Okay? So, so these are the kind of things that God's doing. Okay? He's showing us that there's more. Okay? There's a lot more. When he says more, I mean, that's just a little dot of what is available. Okay? So there are levels in heaven. There are. We know that there's the throne of God. Right? We know that there's the river. Okay? So we can be opened up to all of them. We can be like Enoch. And just be like, I'm going for it. I'm going through the whole thing. I'm going all the way through, right? Into the throne with Jesus, with the angels, seeing the four living creatures, you know, around the throne. It's good. It's good. It's all good. I can do it. I'm cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Listen, all guilt and shame is gone in him. He cleanses us whole. We're whole. We're righteous. It's not our own works that, that saved us. It was Jesus who did it. Sometimes people have a hard time with this because they feel so unworthy. Oh, my heart is wicked. The Bible says my heart is wicked. Well, your heart is wicked without Jesus. Yeah, that scripture is true. Without the Lord, your heart would be wicked. But in the Lord, you are one spirit with him, and he's cleansed you. Sometimes you've got to be careful when you watch these heresy hunters on, online. They, they hunt and peck on their, on their, on their verses. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now, you've got to be careful online. You know why? A little something called link bait. I don't know if you're familiar with the term link bait. Link bait means every time you click a link, somebody cha-ching gets money. So they make it as controversial as they can. And how many have fallen for link bait? Yeah. Everybody, right? So you got to be careful with these judgmental heresy hunters. They are not being comprehensive in their understanding of Scripture, and they're trying to find a problem with people. So be very careful when you're online and you look at some of this stuff. Because I've apparently run into a few of these guys so 
But again, study to show yourself approved by God, the Bible says. Excellent. Study doesn't mean hunt and peck different verses. It means look at it comprehensively. You need to learn to rightly divide the word of truth, rightly divide the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Don't pick a scripture out of the Old Testament referring to three people and say it applies to everybody in the whole Bible. You know, like they were saying they play uh, Bible roulette. (laughs) You know, they pick out a scripture, you know. Scripture one, Mm -hmm. Judas went and hung himself. Scripture two, go and do thou likewise. Wait a minute, hold on a second. (laughs) Don't do that. Understand the counsel. And be in the spirit. Come on. You're reading the Bible. Be in the spirit when you're reading the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Don't try to intellectually get a mystical book. Be with the Lord when you're reading the scriptures. Be aware of him around you. Be aware of his presence around you. And read the scriptures with him and in him. Not apart from him. Not separated from him. I'm separated from God. I got to read the Bible to find out how I can get close to him. You're already in. Once you find that part, you do need to read that scripture because you do need to know that part at least. But once you know that you're in, now you can have the word described to you by the Spirit of God. You know, the words of God. So just, you know, there's a lot of this that goes on in the world right now. A lot of people trying to confuse the scriptures by picking other people apart. And do. And there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of teaching money involved in a lot of this stuff. So just be aware of that. But anyway. I don't know how many of you get online. It might just be for me. Um, So where have we come? We've come to Mount Zion, right? Now, you have come to God. Surprise, you've come to God. Of course, you've come to God. He's in heaven. The judge of all. He judges everything. And he judges a righteous judgment. The Bible says he is a righteous judge. He looks at a thing and he judges it. Why do you think that death and hell or what we call the grave, gets thrown into the lake of fire because he judged it. No more death. No more grave. It goes into the lake of fire. As the Bible calls the second death. It's gone. No more. There's no more dying. He's done. It's been judged. He already judged it. No more dying. He already made the decree. But people are dying. But he's already made the decree. They don't stay dead. It's a temporary condition. It is. It's completely temporary. So, what are we going to do? We're going to have a resurrection. It's going to be beautiful. How do we know? Well, we've already had some. Surprise. They're called the first fruits. Jesus, a whole bunch of saints got raised from the dead in the book of Matthew. Surprise. Nobody talks about those guys, but there they were walking around in Jerusalem. Dead people, but they're not dead. They're alive. What is happening here? It's happening in the future, guys. We're going to see this. I believe, I personally believe that we're in that generation. I believe we're in the generation where we're going to see the dead raised. Okay. I'm just putting it out there. I won't go into it anymore because that might be a bit much for some. But I believe it. It's in the Bible. All right. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Mm. To the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Amazing people. Amazing people in heaven. They love us so much. And they're perfect. I went, I've been to a place where they were perfect. And I was like, huh, (laughs) you guys are amazing. (laughs) They are amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. That's what I realized. You're amazing. Because you've been brought to a place where the spirits of the righteous are made perfect to Jesus. We love Jesus so much. 
the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. What was the blood of Abel? It was murder. And now we've come to the sprinkled blood of Jesus. And this is a type from the old, uh, from the, uh, from the, the temple, right? Jesus, the sprinkled blood, speaks a better word. He declares you righteous. No more death. No more death on my holy mountain. The Bible says that very clearly. Nothing dies. He said it. If God, listen, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Did light be like, no, sorry, not doing it. (laughs) Not today. Not today. No, light is light. As a matter of fact, light is so consistent, we actually know how fast it travels. (laughs) That's how much light obeyed. (laughs) It doesn't change its speed. It's always the same speed, the speed of light. We actually have a definition for it. So when God said, let there be light, there was light. And when God says, nothing dies on my holy mountain, nothing dies. There's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) He said it. He's the creator. Listen, anytime we resist God, it really just makes us suffer. He doesn't suffer for that. We do. Because we're doing it wrong. (laughs) Don't do the thing wrong. Do it right, and it'll work right. You know what I'm saying? That's all the... That's what the Bible's shown us. That's what the scriptures show us. They show us how to do it right. You do it right, it works. Be like, this isn't working, Jamin. Are you doing it right? Be like, for some reason, I feel terrible. Well, why, why, do, you, why do you think that is? Well, I just told off so-and-so, and I did da-da-da-da-da. Be like, well, maybe, that, maybe that's why you feel terrible. Because <laughs> you did a terrible thing. Maybe you should stop doing that. Mm-hmm. It's a simple turn. Mm-hmm. Now I feel better. Oh, that's right, because I did the right thing now. Listen, it's not always easy when you're first training yourself. I understand that. I mean, I say it in a way where you're like, oh, it sounds so easy to you, Jamin. Well, I'm not saying that it's easy on the soul. But if you practice, it becomes easier and easier. If you practice. Practice, practice, practice. Practice what? Practice being yourself, which is righteous, being who you are in God. Mm -hmm. Forgiving, loving. Okay? So, that's that. Let us pray. Let's be real quiet. Father, we thank you so much. We love you. (laughs) Father, we just enjoy your presence right now. We're in you. You're in us. Thank you for bringing us to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the new Jerusalem. We acknowledge you, angels. Thank you for being with us and helping us all the things that you do every day. We love you very much. We love you guys and girls. Father, we just thank you so much for being in us strong, that you wipe away every tear and you bring us into your joy. We just thank you for your love So just let's go in to the garden of our heart or go into that door on the inside. Go into a different door. (laughs) That was funny. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are our first love. We love you so much, Lord. Just meditate on you. We think about you right now.
Hallelujah. Your love is so strong for us, Lord. We just sit in that love. Your love is a, as a consuming fire. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. Yes. We love you, Father. We thank you for being so good to us and loving us. We just allow that love just to saturate, permeate every part of our body. If we need healing in our body, we receive that healing. We just speak to any pain in anyone's body here right now. Leave. You're relieved of your assignment. You leave in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Jesus, for taking in your body pain and sickness so that we would be healed. And we speak healing in Jesus' name. Amen.